Hi, bonjour, and welcome to the Step Over Podcast, Ottawa's grassroots soccer podcast. I hope you're doing well, and my goodness, I hope you're keeping cool. I think in the last three days, I've drank my body weight and water, and one of my favorite things to drink in the in the warm months is pink lemonade. You know, the kind you make from concentrate. Oh, so good. Actually, what flavor is pink lemonade? I never thought about that before. I'm going to look that up. Let's see here. So you got your food dyes to make it pink, and I guess some pink lemonades flavored with raspberries, strawberries, grapefruit, or other fruits. I got no idea. I don't think of, I don't think it tastes like any of those things, but I like it. So if you want to drop off a can of pink lemonade concentrate, I'll take it. I will take that off your hands. Now it's getting towards the end of summer, and if you have kids playing soccer, uh, you know that means it's end of season tournament time. When I was in my rec soccer days, I always loved, I always loved the end of season tournament. I know that was always stressful for my parents. Uh, you know, when they had three kids playing rec soccer, when we weren't all at the same fields, my brother had to be at Richmond Lions. I was in Beckwith. Sister had to be at South Carlton. So I can't say I envied them. But as a kid, that was always something that you look forward to. And so in that spirit, we're going to be chatting with Bill Coleman, who is the executive director of the Gloucester Dragons Soccer Club. This weekend, they're hosting their Soccer Days weekend end of season tournament which sounds like it's going to be a good time. So so we're going to talk with him and, and learn all about the Gloucester Dragons in general. You may know them as the club that Jonathan David got his start at. But first, I want to take a few minutes. Um, you know, I've kind of cooled down after watching Atletico Ottawa uh, fall 4 nothing to Forge FC the other night. I'm trying to be better when I watch any sports, really. I try and stay off social media as much as I can. I try not to post too much, especially when things aren't going the way that I want them to. I think a lot of us have a hard time posting rational thoughts when you're overly upset about something. I'm one of those people. And yeah, after watching Ottawa Fall 4-0, I wasn't feeling great about it. But now that a little bit of time has passed, you know, I think it's important to ask the question, like, what's the biggest issue that's holding the team back right now? You know, they're last in the league right now. By far the worst goal differential at minus 12, which is uh, one of the most worrying signs, really. Uh, They're tied with... Halifax for the fewest goals scored at 11 and 23 goals against. You know, the top four teams make the playoffs at the end of the year. And uh, and if you're essentially getting outscored 2-1 to one over the course of the season, you're not going to, you're not making any playoffs with that. So I've seen a lot of fans posting online um, asking like, is Coach Mista the right guy for the job? And I said privately to a few people that, no, I that I don't think he is based on what I've seen so far. But I'm going to step back from that, at least for now. And I'm going to try my best to give him, you know, a longer leash for the next few games. Because you have to remember, like, Ottawa's only played five normal games, period. You know, last season almost doesn't count. Um, they only played seven games in a bubble season, you know, the island games bubble tournament so it's hard to use that as your basis for for anything really i think and then this season started uh with eight games in another bubble in winnipeg they've had a few players signed who weren't able to join because of covid so they've had to bring in new players during the season kind of building the team on the fly so i've decided i'm going to try not to call for coach mista's head for another five to ten games they're 13 games into a 28 game season and only the last five league games have been have been outside a bubble. You know, Ottawa's played pretty well at home. And the next four games, those are all at home. They're key games. Like, if Ottawa doesn't win at least two of the next four games, I think you can probably just write off the season. But something Miska's got to show is that he can adapt to the situations presented to him during a game. 
personally, I can't say that's something that that I've seen so far. So I said in the last podcast, I quite liked uh, the game that uh, assistant coach AJ Cabra, when he was in charge for a game with, with Mista out on a red card suspension. Like, I like some of the moves that AJ made. Um, and one of those was changing formation. And that's something I want to see from Mista. If something isn't working, I don't want you to, to, to stick with that while it continues to just not work. If it's not working, do something different. Anything, even if the new thing doesn't work, at least show that you're trying to adapt. But I'm willing to give him, you know, say another five to eight post-bubble games. You know, that gives you 10 to 13 kind of normal season games on top of the abnormal ones we, we've seen. But that gives you 10 to 13 kind of normal games to see if there's been any progression before we pass final judgment. Before I pass final judgment, anyways. You can you can do what you want. If you want to call for his head now, that's that's you go ahead. But I like to think I I try to be rational. And while I'm not happy with what I've seen, and it doesn't feel like things are gonna get better, I think it's at least fair to give him a bit more time. Anyways, Ottawa's back at it this Sunday against Halifax. It's a great opportunity to to kind of forget the last game and get and get back on the right foot. And on that note, let's change gears. The kids are looking forward to playing this weekend. For the Gloucester Dragons, it's their Soccer Days weekend. So let's talk with their executive director, Bill Coleman. Uh, so Bill, um, I want to start off uh, with a bit of a curveball for you. Um, you're the chairman of the, of the Gloucester Dragons. Um, what's your favorite movie that has a dragon in it? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, we do these, we actually have been started doing these types of interviews and asking these kinds of questions to our, our kids. And, uh, and they always come up with great answers. I don't have a good one. Um, I, I, the only one I can think of, I guess I can think of a couple now, but probably How to Train Your Dragon is my favorite dragon movie right now. That's such a good one. Yeah. No, that's yeah. a great answer. Uh, I like locked in my answer is Dragonheart. I really like that movie. I liked that one when I was growing up. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that was a great movie. Uh, but I, um, but I loved How to Train Your Dragon, and uh, I'm not sure which one I actually like more. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so something I always ask people, especially when they're like in a non-playing role, um, like what's your background with soccer? Like when did you first get into the sport? Oh, I started playing when I was four, and uh, played house league all through up uh, through through my teen years. And then I played at high school and uh, started playing at university. Um, actually, I played for, for bishops and we had a, uh, we were playing against really strong teams like Concordia and McGill and Sherbrooke, all these teams that were going to the nationals. And our little university bishops um, didn't have a strong team. So I, I was actually a sweeper until I started playing at university. And then I started playing keeper when I was at university because we didn't have a strong keeper and I've been in net ever since. So I've been playing for, Oh, I don't know, I guess almost uh, 48 years now. All right. on. so you still play? I do. Yeah. 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 Like a weekly yeah. team or anything. Yeah. I play in a couple of leagues. I play with the, uh, the Gloucester gentlemen's league in the winter. Um, just all the old timers. So the old timers for the OCSL Blackburn arms has a fantastic league for, for adults. Uh, so I play with them as well. Right on. When you were growing up, did you have a, have a favorite team or, 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 a, or a favorite player? I have to say I, um, I, <laughs> I love playing sports. I love playing soccer. And I, um, I get out maybe once or twice a year to, to watch a, a live game. 
but that that's about all I do uh, in terms of following professional sports and professional soccer. Okay. Um, so you're the chairman of yep. Gloucester Dragons Soccer Club. Um, uh, so I was born and raised in, in uh, the West and like in Stetsville, uh, like I played my soccer for, for Goulburn. Um, so I'm, so I'm going to play dumb. It's a very easy game for me to play. Good job. Um, <laughs> um, I know very little about the Gloucester Dragons. Um, so can you give us a bit of a rundown uh, of the club for, for people like me who, who don't know a lot about it yet? Sure. Well, the Gloucester Dragons um, is 50 years old this year. We started as the Gloucester Soccer Association back in 1971. We are the largest youth recreational club in Ottawa. Really? So we focus 100% of our energy on, on rec. We don't have a competitive side at all. And uh, we've got about, uh, well, this year, uh, we've got uh, 1,250 rec, uh, youth rec players uh, playing for Gloucester Dragons. That's fantastic. Um, so what, like what ages do they range from? And they, they start at four and go all the way to 18. And uh, like, how did you first get involved with the club? We moved to Ottawa about seven years ago, and I've got three kids, and uh, they were all playing soccer at the time. And uh, so I was looking for a club, and uh, Gloucester was the one that was in the neighborhood. So well, that's what we signed up for. Um, you know, so you first joined like as a parent. Um, when did you kind of move into you know being being a part of the the running of the club? Well, I've always loved coaching, so I've coached my kids since they started. So. You know, uh, my oldest is 18 now, so they uh, they've had my the benefit or uh, <laughs> or, or lack thereof of my coaching um, for the last uh, 14 years. And so when I when we signed up with the Gloucester Dragons, I started coaching all three of them because I could do that um, in one week because two of them were only playing once a week. And then slowly over time, uh, once the commitment became twice a week, I could only coach two of them. And now, uh, you know, one's aged out and uh, uh, the other one wants to play other sports, baseball and rugby and all those other sports. So I've, uh, I'm only coaching the one. So I started, I joined the board about six years ago, just as, um, as the uh, uh, director of operations, because uh, in my I used to work for Canadian Blood Services as a director of operations, so I felt that skill set could be useful for the Dragons too. Okay, that's great. You mentioned that the the Dragons is exclusively like a rec club. Uh, like, what's the reason for that? Like, why no competitive side to the club? So there, there are lots of competitive clubs, and what we found um, is that even though you know eighty percent of kids should be playing rec. You know, that, that there is always going to be a 20% who, who want to play more competitively. They want to travel. They want to be doing the tournaments. But we believe that um, 80% of kids are out there just to have fun. They want to play once a week. They don't want to have to travel too far. And that's rec soccer. That's house league. And um, the kind of parent that you get who's got a kid who's in competitive has a very different approach than those who 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 just play once a week, those who play rec. And the clubs that are both competitive and rec tend to be very driven by the competitive side because of that. They're paying more, their kids are more committed, they're more committed, so they're driving all of the decisions and taking a lot of the money from the club to go to those programs. By having a club that's strictly focused on rec, 100% of our funds go to rec, 
So we've got a good quality rec program. We've got over 200 volunteers who support our rec program as well. And it's all focused on the 80% of kids who really should be playing rec soccer. Now, with that many kids playing, um, you know, you're going to have some kids who, who maybe really fall in love with the sport and are, and are really good at it and, you know, may want to, you know, pursue a more competitive uh, atmosphere. Um, so what do you kind of, um, you know, offer to them? Um, you know, do you say like, hey, like, you know, this is a really cl- good club in the area that, that uh, you can move to? Um, or like, what kind of, you know, what do you tell them? Oh yeah, we, we get, we get a handful of those kids. So, so Jonathan David played for us. He played for the dragons. Of course. And, and uh, so, yeah. And so he played for us for, I think two seasons and uh, then he moved over to the Hornets, uh, which is a competitive club in, in Gloucester. And then from the Hornets, he went to the internationals, uh, which is the competitive club in sort of Eastern Ottawa, downtown. And so we, we definitely encourage that when we see a kid who's got, um, who's got talent and ambition to play at a higher level, we absolutely promote them to go, uh, go, go work, for, go play for a competitive club. Uh, now, you know, you mentioned Jonathan David, do you have any uh, coaches still there who, who like remember him as like a 10, 11 year old? Yeah, we do actually. Uh, yeah. We reached out to, out to his coach um, uh, a couple of years ago when, when he first hit the, the scene in Europe. And uh, because we were getting media inquiries, we want to know who coached Jonathan David when he was eight <laughs> years old. And, uh, and so, and so I reached out to the coach. He had no clue. Uh, uh, he remembered sort of having the superstar on his team, but he hadn't followed uh, his path and his career. So he didn't know that Jonathan David had become the star that he has today. Uh, so it was pretty cool. Um, he was, he was happy to have been, a part of his life, remembered him as a super skilled player um, and was happy that he'd gone on to success. That was cool for him too, because now he's got this story where, you know, he can tell everyone, oh yeah, you know, I taught Jonathan everything he knows. You know, yeah, exactly. Him. I'm responsible for his success. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I, I don't think, maybe he'll put that on his resume. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so I wanted to ask about the Powered by Atletico program. Um, so I always ask clubs about this because as far as I know, it's um, it's sort of different with each club. And because of COVID, there's, there's only so much that you can do right now. Um, but... So the Gloucester Dragons is is one of the powered by Atletico partner clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So what kind of conversations have you had with Atletico Ottawa so far? And and what are you hoping might come from that relationship? Well, for us, uh, it's all about um, being part of the soccer community. So we love to be able to offer our, our players, our kids, the opportunity to go see Atletico games. Uh, we want them to feel a a kinship, a partnership with the Atletico um, club and, and Atletico has actually been, they, they're really trying to be good partners, but it's just been a challenge with COVID to have some of the community events that they normally would. Like, um, but in the previous iteration of professional soccer in, in Ottawa, uh, we would have um, community soccer days where fear you would come out and they would, they would coach our, our kids. Uh, we would be able to have on-field thing activities happening at Fury Games. And that's what Atletico is going to do for us as well when we're allowed. 
but we haven't been able to get there. But it's a it's a it's an important partnership for us. Uh, so from the first part of your answer, it kind of like sounds like it's um, you know they're they're kind of to inspire the young players that make up Gloucester Dragons. Uh, well, inspire, yeah, um, but really just provide that that fun. You know, it's fun to go out and watch a soccer game. It's fun to be with uh, with your friends and go go to a sporting event. Um, and it's kind of cool to see the mascot at your games. And um, it's all a part of that uh, fun environment that we try to promote. Um, so, yeah, obviously the, the uh, pandemic is, has been a challenge for like, ev- I mean, for everyone uh, and like for every sports organization. Um, but since the restart, like how is the return to play been going? Um, like are the like are the, are the participation numbers getting close to pre-pandemic numbers? Like how? how yeah. Yeah. So we were one of the only clubs who actually played uh, a season last year in COVID. Okay. So we had games uh, the first half of our summer, we had practice physically distanced practices only. And then once we were allowed in August to move to games, we moved to games. And uh, so we had, we had a partial season and last year we had about 800 players instead of the, the, uh, 1400 we had the year before so it was a small smaller group and we really cut the fees so that we made it uh, attractive for people to keep playing soccer so we as a club lost uh, a bunch of money over a hundred thousand dollars that year just to continue to run soccer and then this year um, our numbers are back up Um, so we are at 1250 players this year instead of the almost 1400 we had pre-pandemic and uh, we think that's going to increase. We, th- we see those numbers going up. Um, so I think it's going to be, uh, I'm really optimistic to see what's going to happen. Okay, cool. Um, so for, um, you know, for parents who are looking for, for their kids, you know, for a place for their kids to play, like what sets Gloucester Dragons apart from, from other clubs? Like what makes Dragons, like, especially if you're only looking for uh, a place for kids to play rec soccer, what sets Gloucester Dragons apart from other clubs? Well, that is it. That is it. We focus 100% on fun soccer. So it's, I've, I've played competitive soccer. I know that it's fun as well, and I had a great time doing it. But there is a difference between playing competitive soccer and playing 100% fun rec soccer. Um, so we invest all of our energy to make sure that we've got a great rec program where kids can come and have fun every week. And um, uh, it's a whole lot less expensive to play rec soccer than it is to play competitive soccer. And uh, so we, we focus on fun and we focus on a good quality, safe environment. Um, you know, I don't know what the, what the fees are across like all the clubs uh, in Ottawa, but like, how does, how does Gloucester Dragons compare with other clubs in terms of, you know, playing fees? Our fees are, are, are very low. Uh, so for a standard summer season, it costs $150 to play for the summer. Or if you're U14 uh, or up, it is um, $200 for the season. And okay. if you compare that to any of the competitive clubs, um, they are several times higher than that. When you consider the registration and the team fees, you're usually paying over $1,000 for a season. So we're, we're quite inexpensive. Okay. And is, and is keeping cost for families low, like, something that's that's uh part of what's important for gloucester dragons oh it is yeah we want to make sure we've got soccer available to anyone who wants to play so uh we keep our fees low and we we we've we we're breaking even or losing a little bit of money every year uh, so we but we've got 
good bank reserves. We don't need to worry about that piece. Um, <laughs> but and then if there aren't families who can even afford the 150, we we work with sports programs like um, um, the Canadian Tire Fund. The the name is escaping me right now. Um, anyway, we work oh, with other the- granting agencies to to make sure they can afford to play. Um, and if they don't qualify for those grants, then we cover their fees as well. So we want to make sure anybody who wants to play soccer, have 100% fun, can come and play with us. Yeah, so something that that um, has kind of become apparent over the last little while of, of, of learning more about the local scene is that the cost of soccer has has skyrocketed since since I was playing as a kid. Like, what are some of the challenges of, of keeping those costs low? Like, what's like, why is like, why have the costs gone up so much? Well, for, for us, it's another reason why we focus strictly on rec, because on the competitive side, um, you're paying coaches, you're paying technical directors, you're paying um, uh, other staff to make sure that you've got a good competitive program. For rec, we've got um, a base of 200 strong volunteers. We, we train our coaches. We pay for the training for our coaches. Um, we've got our, our technical director is a volunteer. I'm a volunteer. We all volunteer our time so that we can keep it inexpensive for anybody who wants to play. And that's why we can do it at the rates we do it. And for competitive clubs, they have to charge a lot more. So on social media, uh, the club has been promoting you know the soccer days weekend that's coming up this weekend yep. um can you tell us a bit about that so it's it's really our year-end tournament so we've got all of we've got probably about four thousand people who are going to be coming to potvang fields uh, on saturday and sunday so that's uh, 28th and 29th uh, we'll have a couple of food trucks there um, but it's basically all of our players and their parents and grandparents and whoever else wants to come out and watch them play in this great festival uh, environment and uh, it's our final hurrah for the year, our final festival. Um, we know that we've got uh, uh, Tim Tierney, a uh, counselor from, um, I can't remember which ward, but from Beacon Hill, basically. And Laura Dudas are going to be there as well. Uh, so we've got some, we were hoping that we would get the mascot from, from, uh, uh, from Atletico, but, uh, but they, they can't come. And we were hoping to get a couple of coaches as well, or the coach, um, but, but no, uh, the, unfortunately, they weren't available. Uh, but it's just a chance for the kids to come out, have one final fun festival for the year to end our season. Right on. Yeah, does Atletico have a mascot, actually? I keep no, looking, but... They don't. They don't. I, I thought they did, and we asked for them, but uh, <laughs> not yet. I feel like they need a matador or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. Yes, I think that'd be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> come slicing through the opposition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, like I remember the you know, the end of year tournament for like you know playing rec soccer. Like it always seemed like a like a really fun thing to do. You played a ton of games. Um, how is uh, you know that kind of evolved over the years? Um, it's, you know, it's been so long since I since I was part of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, has it changed over the years? Um. Well, the basics are still there. We're out there to play some fun soccer and um, it's a round robin um, at all age groups. And then uh, there, we have some trophies at the, at the upper age groups, but um, all the kids are going to get their medals uh, for, for coming out and having a great season Uh, because it is our 50th anniversary. uh, We're giving out some special dragons medals as well. So the kids are going to enjoy that. 
Um, but it's basically that it's, it's a nice year end tourney. Um, all right. So my last question, um, is there anything that the dragons have coming up that you want to put out there? Like any programs for the winter or fall? We absolutely do. So we, for the, for our first time, we are launching fall soccer. Uh, it's going to be at U8, U10, U12, and U14. We'll be playing at Potvin on Saturdays at um, Potvin is uh, by the Shefford Sports Park, by the Shefford Sports Arena in Beacon Hill. And uh, yep, we've we've already got um, uh, over 100 kids who've signed up and we just opened registration two days ago. So it's going to be our first fall season starting September 11th for about 10 Saturdays. And we encourage everybody to come out who wants to just play 100% fun soccer. And uh, yeah, so if people want to find out more information about Gloucester Dragons, uh, where would be the best place to go? Well, you can go to our website, which is dragonsoccer.ca. And uh, actually, I should mention that the, the fall soccer is only $50, and it's going to be games every Saturday. So again, it's going to be inexpensive and all fun, and um, uh, we'll keep it safe and organized too. But at dragonsoccer.ca, you can click on registration, and uh, it'll take you right there. <laughs>